Lights, camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen. We'll pick up where we left off last week and continue to look at the story of Lost in Translation. So, a quick refresher on what's happened up to this point. Middle-aged American actor Bob Harris has come to Japan to endorse a local whiskey brand. He's quite lost for a number of reasons. He doesn't speak Japanese. He has no local friends. But beyond these obvious factors, Bob is lost because he feels distant from his family, and he's on the downhill of his career. In a way. He has lost a sense of direction in his own life, and being in Japan only aggravated that feeling. Our second main character, Charlotte, is also an American in Tokyo. Her husband, a commercial photographer, is here to help promote a local rock and roll band. Charlotte is a recent graduate in philosophy, and she doesn't have a job, so she follows him to the city. The two run into each other. At a bar one night, and they quickly connect with each other and become friends. They go to parties and karaoke together. They meet a bunch of local friends, and as the day go by, they quickly find each other the perfect friend to confide in. You know, the first time I saw you, you were wearing a tuxedo at the bar. You were very dashing. I like the mascara. But the first time I saw you was in the elevator. Really? You don't remember?、Mm, I guess you do kind of blend in, huh? <laughs> did I scowl at you? No, you smiled. I did. Yes, it was a complete accident, a freak. I haven't seen it since. Just that one time, like that, but bigger. In one sleepless night. Charlotte joins Bob in his hotel room for a chat by the television. The two begin by talking about how they first run into each other, with random jokes thrown in here and there. Soon, the conversation heads to a more serious direction, as Charlotte and Bob begin to confide to each other their deepest insecurities, as well as some of the most memorable life experiences that they have each garnered in their own journeys. I'm stuck. Does it get easier? No. Yes. It gets easier. No,、oh, yeah. Look at you. Thanks. <laughs> the more you know who you are and what you want, the less you let. Things upset you. Yeah. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. You know.、I、tried being a writer, but I hate what I write. And I tried taking pictures, but they're so mediocre. 
you know, when every girl goes through a photography phase. You know, like horses. You know, take uh, dumb pictures of your feet. We can see that as a young woman looking ahead in her life, Charlotte is quite directionless. Beyond her youth and the absence of a career, one other major element that causes her insecurity is her marriage. By her own account, she's a fresh college graduate but has already been married for two years. Now, this means she got married when she was nearly 20, a time when she was presumably even less clear about her own identity than she is now. A lost young woman like her needs a support system, and naturally, the best people to provide that for her is, or at least should be, her family members. But like we saw in the first half of the movie, both her husband and her mother don't seem to care much about what she has to say. When Bob starts talking, it is clear that although he faces a different set of problems, he somehow reaches a similar point in his life when he feels left behind and directionless. Here is him talking about his marriage and how that has changed over the years. We used to have a lot of fun. Lydia would come with me when I made the movies and we would laugh about it all. Now she doesn't want to leave the kids and she doesn't need me to be there. The kids miss me, but they're fine. It gets a whole lot more complicated when you have kids. Yeah, it's scary. In this part of the conversation, Bob is talking about how marriage and children change his life. But the other side of the argument was never presented. Bob never said how exactly his life and his career had changed. Throughout the movie, we only get hints of where he is at in his acting career. He would turn on the television and see a movie in which his younger self stars in. He nonchalantly tells Charlotte that he's endorsing a whiskey brand when he could be doing a play somewhere. All the signs are pointing to the fact that Though as a movie star, he still has the cachet to endorse a local whiskey brand for a handsome pay of two million U.S. dollars, the glory years of Bob Harris is behind him, and he can mostly reminisce about them on late-night TV screenings or in conversations. The two confide for what looks like a very long time. The camera shows them first sitting by the bed, then lying next to each other on the bed. The final shot of the sequence, Charlotte is seen curling up into a fetus position facing Bob, and Bob is lying flat on his back, facing the other way. Moments before both drift into their sleep, Bob gently taps Charlotte's feet and tells her, You're not hopeless. This is a minor but very, very important detail. The gesture happens after the two share a talk and fall asleep on the same bed. It is clearly a very intimate setting, and traditionally this is where murky friendships cross into a romantic, physical relationship. 
but in this case, the connection between Charlotte and Bob remains non-physical and hard to define. The nature of this connection gets even more complicated when Charlotte found out that Bob had a one-night affair with a singer who is closer to his age. This is a conversation they had moments after. Well, she is closer to your age. You could talk about things you have in common, like um, growing up in the 50s. Maybe she liked the movies you were making in the 70s when you still were making movies. Wasn't there anyone else there to lavish you with attention? Clearly, Charlotte is affected by this discovery. One might even say that she's jealous, and Bob didn't respond kindly to her verbal jab. The two are emotionally invested in each other, and they are clearly more than friends. And there is a sense of unspoken romantic interest between them, enough so that Charlotte couldn't quite stand Bob being involved with someone else. This romantic undertone boils quietly throughout the film, and towards the end, the feeling finally surfaces when the connection is about to end. After his campaign is done, Bob is scheduled to head home to the United States. And in this film, he and Charlotte greet each other goodbye on no less than five occasions. They first meet each other just outside the hotel during a fire drill. The night before Bob takes off, the two meet at the bar downstairs. Bob shakes Charlotte's hands, and he says, "Moments later, the two share an awkward goodnight kiss in the elevator going up." Bob reaches over and kisses Charlotte. He didn't know how to respond other than to lean in. Both know this could be the final time they meet each other. Therefore, they were at the moment where both want to say something but couldn't quite utter a word. Bob misses his stop, and after they share a second goodbye kiss, Charlotte greets him goodbye and walks out. Bob gazes out the elevator, his eyes fixed with longing and a sense of loss. The next morning, moments before he's scheduled to head to the airport, Bob calls Charlotte's room and leaves her a message, asking for his jacket. Charlotte, I'm down in the lobby and I'm leaving now. Um, I was calling to see if you still have my jacket. If you could bring it down, but you're not there, so this is goodbye. Clearly, the jacket isn't what he's really after. But he's visibly excited when Charlotte comes down to meet him. The two once again share a moment of awkward silence. Bob cracks a joke, and they bid each other goodbye for what both think will be the final time. But no, there was one more surprise that they have for each other. While riding in the cab to the airport, Bob spots Charlotte walking in the crowd. He hops out of the cab and runs up to her. Charlotte turns around and gives him a smile. The two embrace each other, and Bob whispers something in Charlotte's ear. Hey, you. She chokes up. The two share one final kiss and bid each other goodbye.
they turn to look at one another in the eyes for the final time, and both have a peaceful smile on their face. Lost in Translation is one of my favorite movies for its beautiful depiction of two lost souls in different stages of their lives. Next week, we'll explore some of the themes that were presented in the movie, and see how director Sofia Coppola examined and explored these themes on the big screen. For Lights Camera Asia, I'm Jake Chen. <laughs>